Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Ridgeview Church. My name is Alex Barrett, and I'm the, the lead pastor. And welcome to a brand new series in this new year called Stacking Good Days. How do we start uh, this year, 2021, in a way that we actually build on good days and we, we make the right momentum, we make the right progress according to really what's important uh, to God, according to his word. Now, 2021 has not gone exactly as I thought, and it's been crazy so far. Uh, we're in the middle of uh, the election craziness. Uh, we just have seen uh, people continuing and protesting and, and rioting, and things that we saw last year is trickling into this year. And it's easy uh, in the light of all of this to be so focused and to be overwhelmed and even discouraged by, by things that we see. Uh, we can be discouraged because we can't control them. We can be discouraged because of what we believe and the fears that we may face. And also just uh, for me personally, like I, I care about our country and I'm sure you do too. And when we see things uh, with so much discord and hate or hurt and, and all the things in between, uh, it can be overwhelming. And so this series is actually not going to focus on all of those things, uh, but we will look at how do we deal with those big things going on in the middle of the little things that we also have in our life. And so we, we hope to cover kind of all the things that we have to deal with in this life. And so I'd like to just take a moment, uh, given the circumstances, to pray uh, for our country. I think uh, if you're a Christ follower, one of the things that you need to do continually is to pray uh, for your leaders, uh, to pray for our country. Uh, and I, I pray really for us to turn to God for help, to turn to Him for direction and guidance. And so there is so much change happening in our country, very little that I actually have control or an impact on, but I can pray. And as a church, uh, we can pray as well. So I just want to take a moment as we kick off to pray right now. So let's pray together. Father, we welcome you here. Thank you for another day. Thank you for your mercies, which are new. God, we do pray for our country right now. Uh, there is a lot of discord. There's a lot of uh, animosity. Uh, there's a lot of just hurt that exists. There's fear. Uh, there's all sorts of division that's happening. And we've been seeing this for months and months. So many people that have something they want to say, but there's so many people talking, people aren't listening. And God, we're just trying to figure things out with ourselves. And, and Lord, we, we need you. Our country needs you. I pray for our, our leaders at the national level, I pray for our leaders in our cities, in our state. God, I pray that they will turn to you for help. God, I pray that you will give them wisdom. I pray, God, that you will help them to realize your mercy is available to them, that you will give them your peace, God. I pray that they'll turn to you, that they will learn from you, and that our leaders will, will lead our nation in a way that ultimately honors you and your name. God, help us in the middle of all the things going on on the big scale and on the small scale, the things that we can control, the things that we can't help us to turn to you for help as well in our own lives. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So as we kick off this new series, it's called Stacking Good Days. And today we're talking about the big picture. Now, if you're like me, you may think of good days as like the big days, the things that we tend to celebrate. And so I, I thought I'd just kind of show some of my big days or those special days that we've experienced in our family. And here's a picture of my wife and I, Samantha. 
Uh, we've been married uh, almost 19 years. And here's a picture of our engagement back in 2002. Uh, I think this is at an engagement party. And we look younger. Um, that's usually how life is. That's almost 20 years ago. But as I look back at this, that's a good day. I remember this day vividly. We were getting prepared to be married. And then we had our wedding day. That was another uh, big day that we had. Now, here's a picture of our son from this past year. Do you remember what it's like to get a new bike? This was my son, Jude. He received a new bike. And you just see that look on his face. That is a big day when you get your new bike that you get to ride. Another big day for, for me is just a vacation that we had recently a couple years ago. My wife and I got to go to Jamaica right before we planted a Ridgeview. And here's a picture of us right behind or in front of the, the water enjoying a nice meal. And that was a big day. Anytime you have a vacation, you have a wedding, you have a birthday, these are big days. But there's a lot of days that happen in between. So this series is looking at how do we make the most of all the days and how do we stack to make these days good? Not just the ones that are big and celebratory, but but also in the mundane. What about all the things that we do with all of our time? Things like our work. We work every day. If you have a job, that's something you do every day. And there's a lot of days given to work. So how do we stack good days at work? What about all of our chores? Every time you come home from work, there's things that you need to do in your responsibilities. On the weekends, there's things you need to do. You may need to mow your yard. You may need to take care of laundry. All these things adds up to hours, which add up to days. Well, how do we make the most of, of those things as well? What about cooking dinner and cleaning up dinner? Those kinds of things we, we eat every day. We eat maybe three times or more. All of those chores related to that, the function, the process of that, how do we make those good? See, oftentimes we just think in terms of the big things and we just can't wait for the big things to happen. But God actually wants us to stack the good days in all of the little things, in our parenting from day to day. How do we make it good, not just from one birthday to the next birthday, but in the little days? How do we meet our kids where they are and stack good days in a relationship with them. And so this is what this series is all about. We're going to look to the scripture and one psalm in particular to give us guidance on how do we make the most of our days. You've been given a time in life. I've been given a time. I don't know how long that time is, but the scriptures give us a help on on how we are to stack these good days. And this is where I want to start. The principal opportunity that we have in life is to make Every day count. This morning when you woke up, you were given a new day. God decided to give you life today. And that is part of his mercy and grace. I don't know about you, but oftentimes I wake up, I take a breath, and I don't think about that. I get out of bed, I go about my day, and I don't think about the fact that this life for this day was a gift. But it really is. And if we're supposed to kind of stack good days... It begins with that main idea. We need to make every day count. Check out this scripture in Psalm 90, 12. It says this. So teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. So we have some instruction. And the scripture always presents us with with truth. Truth that we can build our life on. Instruction and help. And here it's saying, so, so teach us, God, like help us to learn, God, how to number our days so that we may gain a heart of wisdom. What this means is this stacking good days 
begins with numbering our days. So to stack good days mean that we actually need to take account of the days that we have. Well, what does that mean? Well, the word there to number our days in Psalm 90:12, to number actually means to weigh. You have a certain amount of days and you're supposed to weigh like what's the, the value of, of this day and the stack of days that I have. What's the opportunities that I have to make the most of this life? Uh, for Christmas, I bought myself with some Christmas money a coffee roaster and I've been roasting my coffee the last couple of days and a key part of roasting coffee is you have to weigh the bean amount very exactly because that impacts the heat, the time you cook it, how the, the beans will roast how it will taste when you drink it. And so I've been weighing it out on a scale and making sure that I get 215 grams of beans, about seven ounces to roast in the coffee roaster. Now that is weighing the beans so that there's a good result. The same is with our days. We're supposed to to weigh them. That means to really, to count them. Now in verses nine through 11 in Psalm 90, it talks about that we really have about 70 or 80 good years. Now, with modern healthcare and technology, people can live way beyond that. But when you think of productivity and what you can get accomplished in life, the good years, it's still probably about 70 or 80, give or take. And so what the scripture is saying is teach us the number of our days right. It's kind of this idea of teach us to, to kind of take account of the 70 years that we have so that we can make a difference. So this past week I decided, I, I got an app, one of those like countdown apps, and I decided... What are the number of days that I have so that I can actually number them before I turn 70? I was born in 1980, so I'll be 70 in 2050. And the number of days that I have is 10,920 days until I turn 70. Now you can see a picture of the the app and you can see there uh, the image. And then there's also hours, and I've got way more hours than I do days, but obviously it's, it's the same amount. But that's how many days I have, 10,920. Then I thought about this year. Well, there's already been 10 days of this year. 10 days. We have 355 days left of 2021. I need to number those days so I can make the most of those. Well, what does that mean? Well, here's the second point. We make every day count as we count every day. So stacking good days means that we number them and we number them by like, like, let's actually count the days. And I've just showed you how to do that. Just do that, get get an app or you could just get a calendar and you could work it out yourself. I recommend an app, it might be a little bit faster, but just calculate yourself. How many days do you have until you're 70? If you're a little bit older, how many days do you have until you're 80 and beyond? Get a picture, get a snapshot. These are the days that I have to be productive, to to make a difference, to allow God to use me. As you can see, life goes fast. We've already had 10 days pass of this new year. And in those 10 days, haven't we seen so much happen already? That's what life is. It's like a vapor. That's what the Bible says. It's a vapor. It's here. It's like a mist. It's here and, and then it's gone. So stacking good days means that life is precious. God's given us each day. We need to count them. We need to number them so that we can stack these good days. I want to talk about how that happens. Well, how do we make every day count? How do we stack these good days by numbering them? Certainly, it's more than just knowing the days. It's got to be more than just knowing the number because even though you know the number, what if that number is really small? That, that could breed fear. 
Or if that number's really big, that could breed apathy. Like, well, I got so much time or I got so little time, I don't know what to do. But, but really, the scriptures give us instruction. It's got to be more than just counting our days. And, and that's what the good news is about the scripture. It gives us the specifics. So we're going to actually spend the rest of today and this series looking at Psalm 34. It gives us some instruction, not just to number our days, but how to actually stack these days up once we have that number. Once we know what we have to work with. This is the life that I have. It could be way shorter. It could be way longer. We don't know. But once we have this, this picture, Psalm 34 gives us some instruction. I want to set this up just briefly. Uh, this is written by David. Many of the Psalms were. These are poetic in nature. They're, they're cries of anguish. They're cries of help. They're cries of thanksgiving. They're praises to God and all in between. In this Psalm, he's being pursued by the king, the most powerful man, Saul. Now, David has growing an influence and he's been a great uh, warrior in the army and wise and, and people respected him and, and people were beginning to, to follow him and he was gaining influence. And Saul didn't like this, obviously. He wanted the power himself and he was very kind of power hungry. Uh, many times he did the right thing with the Lord, but he turned away from the God and looked to his own interests. And so in this moment, at the setup of Psalm 34, David is being pursued and he's having to be in hiding. He's having to try to figure out how to survive in this life uh, when the most powerful man is hunting you. But it's very interesting. The beginning of the Psalm starts with, with thanksgiving. And so David is just giving us some instruction. If you've never read Psalm 34, that's the next step for today. You can read it and, and meditate and, and just kind of take in the whole Psalm. I encourage you to do that. But in the, the verses I'm going to read, it's, again, the instruction for us to stack these good days. But I want to give that context just to know that David isn't just writing this like we were, like on this beach in Jamaica on vacation. He's writing this in the most, like, maybe anguish point that he's experienced in his life. Full of fear. Full of unknown. But this is, is what he says. Check this out. Psalm 34, verse 11 through 14. Come, my children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Whoever of you loves life and desires to see many good days, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking lies. Turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. So David, in the middle of this Thanksgiving Psalm, in all the pain, despite all that he's experiencing, he then gives some instruction. And anytime you see instruction like this in the scriptures, we should be listening. It's like our ears should perk up like, oh, there's something here for me. And that's like what the scriptures are. Anything that you read, there's a part where you should say, whoa, there's something I can glean from this. There's something I, I can learn. And this is actually going to be the basis again for this series. And so I just want to briefly summarize this and then dig into the first part. So we can make the most of our days, according to this psalm, by these things. The first is fearing the Lord. We're going to talk about that today. Next, holding our tongue. We're going to talk about that next week. We can stack good days, but not only fearing the Lord, but, but holding our tongue. And believe me, it's more than just putting your hand on it, okay? The next is by doing good. We stack good days by doing good. What does that mean? We're going to be focusing on that on January 24th. And I hope you also come back January 31st. We're going to talk about how we can stack good days by pursuing peace. Not just wanting it, but how do we pursue it? But for today, for the rest of our time, I want to talk about how do we build 
a foundation to build on. How, how do we stack good days? To stack something up, you need a good foundation. Without a good foundation, you can't stack anything up. It will fall over. I don't know if you've ever done those, those Jenga blocks. It, as soon as you begin to, to pull things out, it begins to crumble. But if you were trying to do that on the sand or on grass, it would fall straight away. The foundation is crucial, just like you build a house. Well, to build a life, we need the right foundation as well. So to stack good days, we're going to be focused on those things the next few weeks. But let's talk about the foundation. And it begins with verse 11. And this is what it says again. Come, my children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. So I want to start with the first way that you build a strong foundation to stack these good days on is this. It's coming to Jesus. Now, that come in that original language in the the Hebrew actually means this, this pursuit. It's a walk. It's this initiative that you have. It's like this idea of you're going on a hike, like there's a destination that you set on. You've gotten from the couch, you've gone from sitting, and you're moving forward. That's actually a big part of the Christian life. It's also a big part of what it means to start the Christian life. And so if you've never decided to follow Jesus, and maybe you've been a part of Ridgeview for a long time, or maybe a short time, maybe you've been, you know, watching us online for a few months and you're maybe new to this Christianity thing you're investigating. But there's a part where if you want to stack good days and you really want to live the life God wants, it begins as you enter a relationship with him through his son, Jesus. You need the forgiveness of your sins to have a relationship with God. The good news is you don't have to earn that forgiveness. It's been given freely through Jesus. And so when David is telling us to come and listen, really for us, In this modern day, because of Jesus Christ, it's really for us to come to Jesus, learn from him, accept his his mercy, accept his forgiveness. And so if you've never decided to follow Jesus and you want to stack good days in your life, it begins with that step. If you've never decided to follow Jesus, on your connection card that Joel had you fill out, if you haven't filled that out yet, you can mark that you would like to commit your life to Christ. And I encourage you to do that. That's one of the next steps today. But if you've never decided to become a follower of Christ, stacking good days begins with that foundation. You become a Christian for the first time. I don't know if something's been holding you back. I don't know if if maybe you've just been in fear or maybe you're just not sure. But today is the day of salvation. That's what the Bible says. There's a sense of which this is the best decision that you can make. And so if you've not yet decided to follow Christ, I encourage you, make that decision today. For those of you who are Christians, the coming to Jesus is something that you still need to do as well. Uh, We need to pursue him. We need to to fight for time with him. That's the idea of like we're going to put a priority on our time with with the Lord. And I'm going to kind of explain what that means. It's actually tied to the next uh, focus of the scripture. So the first is we need to come to Jesus. The second is we need to listen. So coming... you know, results in, okay, I need to come to Jesus. I need to decide to follow him for the first time. Then I need to keep pursuing him. I need to make him a priority. Well, well how do I do that? Well, it begins with, with listening. Listening. In the Hebrew, this means to hear intelligently. You hear with the intention of doing. So coming to Jesus doesn't just mean, okay, I'm going to follow you, Jesus. And now means I'm going to follow you, Jesus. What do you want to tell me? I'm going to follow you, Jesus. 
Where do you want me to go? You're on a journey now with the Lord Jesus in a personal relationship. It's an amazing journey. But it begins with coming to him, surrendering to him, daily deciding that. Just not my will, but your will. And then listening. Practically, what this means is you need to be regularly getting time with the Lord. You can do this by by reading uh, the Bible. And I encourage you to read the scriptures if you haven't for yourself. Just do this, this next week. Just pick every day. Start in the book of John and just learn more about Jesus' life and read one chapter or half a chapter a day. But then as you, you read the scriptures, I encourage you, Get a journal and, and just open your journal up and begin to take notes. Just take some notes on what Jesus is telling you. And so you read your Bible and then you take notes. There's something about listening that involves writing. In fact, just what we hear, 85% of what we hear, we lose. But we retain so much more when we write it down. It's not just the process of writing the notes that helps us listen. It's that when we hear things and then we write it, we're now organizing the thought. We're processing it. And that function of processing and organizing and even just getting words on paper helps us to remember. In fact, sometimes you write a note and because you've written it, you now remember it. And I don't know exactly how that works. It's a crazy thing, but many psychologists and different people who've studied the behavioral sciences have looked at just the impact of of writing to to brain function. And so part of listening is counterintuitive. It actually involves writing. And so I encourage you, spend time with the Lord. Take notes on what he's teaching you. If you're not sure what to do and you, you just like a devotional, I encourage you. I've been doing this. This is my third year doing this New Morning Mercies by Paul David Tripp. You can get this on Amazon it's pretty cheap. I encourage you to, to buy this. It's got daily readings and you can write notes in the margins there and you'll see on many pages. Let me turn here. I'll just show you kind of a sample. You just write, you know, just some notes that you have. I don't know if you can see this, but you just write on there different takeaways or different thoughts, different ideas from the scriptures. And again, that, that helps you listen. If you can't afford one of those, let me know. In Ridgeview, we would love to buy you a devotional. We'd love to buy you a Bible if you don't have one. Uh, You could pick up a notebook uh, cheaply at at a store, but but that's what you can do. Okay, I want to stack these good days. I need to come to Jesus. I need to daily decide to follow him. If you've never decided to follow Christ, you become a Christian for the first time. If you have, you daily decide to get time with him. And it's not perfect. You'll you'll miss days, but, but set your calendar and your alarm time, put it in your schedule so it's in your life. And then listen, write down what he speaks to you at church, watching online, whether you come to church at the park, both. Take notes on what you hear. God wants to speak to you. Have something prepared to write. Take those sermon notes, print them out, write them. Use an electronic note on your your iPhone, Evernote if you use that. But, But listen to what God wants to tell you and then write it down. You want to stack good days. It begins with coming to Jesus and then listening. And then listening involves writing so that you can remember. I don't know how many times in my life I've forgotten an important thing because I didn't write it down. Is that you too? I struggle with that. But when I write it, it greatly helps me remember. So that's the second. So coming to Jesus, listening to him, 
And then here's the third. Learn. Now, we're, this is interesting. We've got listening and now we've got learning. Well, here's what learning means in the original language. You accept the instruction. It means to be trainable, to be teachable. I don't know if your life you've, you've ever not received instruction because somebody was maybe coaching you and you didn't like your coach or you had a teacher and you didn't like your teacher and they told you to do something or even with your parents and they told you and inside you defiantly said, I will, I'm not going to do it. I've had numerous times in my life where I decided to be stubborn and not be teachable and I missed out on some important lessons. Remember a time in high school, I had a coach that I was disrespectful to. He was a new coach and we had been around as players and I showed up late to a practice, acted like it was no big deal. And then he confronted me. And in that moment, I realized like, oh, wait a second here. I I forgot my, my place. I wasn't putting myself in a position to actually learn from this coach. I was doing everything on, on my terms and it's really easy to do this with God. We take our ideas and our plans and we want him to stamp his approval on them. Okay, God, here's what I'm going to do. Thank you, and I'll be on my way. But actually, God wants to guide us. He wants to lead us. We don't lead him. He leads us. He is almighty God. He is all-knowing. He's all-powerful. He is faithful, even when we're not. So God wants to teach us. And for us to be taught means that we, we need to be trainable and teachable. We need to learn. Well, what does this mean? Well, to learn and to set this foundation to stack good days, it means to take a next step towards Jesus. I've already given you probably one of the most important, and that is to spend time with Jesus regularly. That's how you listen to him, but that's also how you learn. And so that may just be a step you need to take in this new year. I need to spend time regularly with Jesus. And if you don't know how to do that and you need practical help, and you need some ideas, you need some, some kind of content, let us know on that connection card, on the comments, say, I need help with a quiet time. A quiet time is what many Christians refer to as spending time with God daily. It's a time where we're quiet, praying to him and, and reading the scriptures. Some people call it a daily devotion, whatever term you've heard or you use, but the idea is getting time with him regularly. If you don't know how to do that, let, let us know and we would love to help you send you some resources, talk you through, coach you on what you can do. And again, that means you're, you're being teachable there and, and you can learn. So that's probably one of the most important things is take a next step by spending time with Jesus. On the next steps today, I'm gonna to give you many other steps as well. But just kind of make a decision right now in view of everything you have going on with 355 days left of 2021. What if you decided to take a next step with Jesus? Whatever that next step is. I don't know what it is for you. But just ask God, God, show me my next step for this year that I can take right now. Even right now. God, will you just show us? What is your next step, God? Show us. Show us your next step. You just pray and you ask God just like that. So, laying the foundation begins with you come to Jesus. You surrender to him. The second is you listen. What is it that you want to tell me? The third is you you learn. So we hear what God says and then we learn. We put it into practice. We put what he says and we do something with it. That's why we always have next steps at church. And here's the fourth. 
to fear God. In fact, it all leads to this point. Come, my children, listen to me. I will teach you what? The fear of the Lord. So the coming to Jesus, the listening and the learning reads this this pivotal point of fearing God. We talked about that last week. If you missed it, you can check us out on the YouTube channel or or online on our website. But fearing God is, is the key to success in life. If you want to stack many good days, it can't be absent of fearing God. So practically, what does that mean? Well, again, what I talked about last week, it doesn't mean that you're afraid of God. Actually, fearing God means this. Three main things that I think the most helpful to focus on. The first is make God the biggest factor in your life. Factor, meaning the biggest thing that you think about. You filter and you you kind of arrange your life through and by and, and near. How does God and who he is impact the decision that I make? What I do? It's a reference point. So make God the biggest factor, the biggest reference point in your life. That begins with the question, is he right now? And if he's not, what is? Second, make God the loudest voice in your life. What voices are you hearing the most? This past week, I actually struggled myself. I I got on social media in the middle of the election craziness and I just got swept up. And I began to get emotional, discouraged, overwhelmed, didn't know what to do, what to say. And all of a sudden, I was just so focused on all these voices, these, all these voices in the news, the media. And I just got amped up and it, it wasn't helpful. What had happened in that moment is God was no longer the loudest voice. There were so many other voices that were infiltrating. And, and in fact, the louder those voices got, the, the, the less I was hearing God. So I just had to ask God for help. God, I, I'm so focused on all these things and it's not helpful. It's not helpful for me right now. So to fear God means make him the loudest voice, which means you then need to filter out the other voices that vie for our attention. That could be family. That could be the media. That could be culture. That could be your work. You can't let go of your responsibilities, but you can control how loud the volume is. So to fear God means the volume of God His voice in your life is turned all the way up. And then the last is this. Make God the one you want to please the most. We all want to please people. All of us. There are certain people in our life that we want to make proud. That could be your parents, your spouse, your kids, your neighbors. People that you just want them to have good thoughts about you. That's normal. It's part of what makes us human. We, we have this meaning and value. And so we look for other people to give us this value. But God is the one we want to please the most because it's actually him who we will stand before. When our years and our days and our hours run out, we're going to be the one that faces him. And so we want to please him the most. So another way to just ask this is, well, when I'm making this decision, when I'm deciding what I should do, Have I asked God about it? Have I sought his word for what he thinks? Have I gotten counsel from godly people who know the scriptures, who can help guide me? You can see how fear of the Lord is connected to the learning and it's connected to the listening and it's connected to coming to Jesus. See, it's all built on this same foundation. 
So that's the big picture. We stack good days by coming to Jesus, by listening, by learning, and by fearing God. So I hope this has been helpful to you. As I wrap up, I want to give you some next steps. These are just some practical ways that you can take a next step. And I encourage you to do this. Take one, take two. Ask God, what is my next step? Here they are. Read Psalm 34 this week and pick a section to memorize. So that's part of how you can listen and learn. Just read the Psalm and then pick a verse or pick two that you memorize it. And memorize it like every day. Read it, put it away, and then state it back. Read it, put it away, state it back. That's how you memorize. Then when you're driving in your car and you say, well, Psalm 34 verse 3 says this. Psalm 34 verse 11 says this. Just pick a verse, pick two. You could maybe even memorize the whole psalm. What would that look like? I don't know, but it would be helpful. And so maybe take that next step. And then here is a bunch of next steps as possible ideas. I encourage you to consider these. Take a next step toward Ridgeview. Uh, you, you actually take a next step towards Jesus by taking a next step with the church. Because Jesus is the one who's built the church. This is how we're moving forward together across the world to expand the kingdom of God, to extend Jesus' love, his kindness, and grace. And so here's some next steps that you can take. The first is become a follower of Christ for the first time. I've talked about that. That's coming to Jesus. That is the most important decision you can make, to become a Christian. The second, tend the January jamboree. Now, why would that make a difference? Well, there's something about the power of showing up. I've been saying this a lot. If you want to grow in relationships, if you want to get to know people, if you want to experience community, you show up. In the January, January, we're going to be outside enjoying vitamin D together, the open air, but we're going to enjoy some some games, some fun, a free lunch, all of this at no cost. Come to that. I encourage you, come and invite a friend, invite a family member. That could be a key next step for you. The third, exploring Ridgeview. This is our membership process here at Ridgeview Church where you can preview who we are, discover more, and then commit. Commit to being a part of our church, making it go forward. We'd love for you to have that. As you let us know you're interested, we'll let you know when the next one is scheduled and you can sign up for that. The next is sign up for Connect Group. We talked about that. We're going to be having Connect Groups go through this book, The Hard Attitudes. I encourage you, sign up for a group. We're going to do those online. On Zoom, we're also going to do those in-person, co-ed groups. And so I encourage you, wherever you're comfortable, if you want to do an online group only, sign up for that. Let us know. Again, if you check that, we will follow up with you. But I encourage you, get in a group. You can really grow as you read this content and as you discuss it with other people and then as we encourage each other to move forward. Then the last is Discovering Faith Lunch. You've been maybe around Ridgeview and you've heard a lot about us talking about following Jesus and the Christian faith, but you may not be sure what that's all about. So if you have questions or you just want to hear more about what it means to follow Jesus, sign up for the Discovering Faith Lunch. Again, we'll get in contact with you on the schedule of that, but let us know who's in, if you're interested in, and we'll get in contact with you. This is a great low barrier to learn more about what it means to be a Christian. And then the last is just another one. Is there a next step that God's put on your heart that you want to let us know about so we can pray for you? And just write that there on the connection card as well. So go ahead, fill that connection card out. 
submit it. We would love to, to, let, to, to know what you're thinking, to pray for you, and then to, to follow up with you. I invite you next week, come back for week two as we talk about what does it mean to hold our tongue in a stack good days as it relates to our speech and what we say and what we don't. Let's pray together. Father, thank you, God, for this day, for this opportunity to gather together to look at your word and and to listen and to learn. God, I pray that we will all take a next step towards your son, Jesus. Right now, even as the service wraps up, will you show us what next step we could take? As we look at the days that we have left, will you just put us just in a position where we really want to make you happy with the days that we have left in this life? We don't know what the days are, but we do ask for a heart of wisdom. So for the rest of this series, God, I pray as people come back and as we hear that you'll really speak to us, that we'll hear from you. We know that you will. We thank you for your leadership and your guidance over us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.